Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back into today's Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Training Camp Report on Monday, August 15th. Day 14 of Chiefs Training Camp, where we sadly saw our first cuts of camp so far. So, need to welcome in the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. Sweet. It is the final week of Chiefs Training Camp, so no more trips to St. Joe after this week for Pete Sweeney. Yeah, that's right. So we, we returned to Kansas City following the Thursday practice. Coming up here, remember, it's an hour earlier on Thursday. I believe it's also Military Appreciation Day. But, yeah, St. Joe was fun. But uh, eventually, the hour there and an hour back <laughs> from Kansas City gets a little old. So I'm, I'm looking forward to camp breaking on Thursday. Yeah, uh, training camp is fun, but but it is a grind when you're going to St. Joe every single day. I, I definitely do not miss that part of the job. But as I already mentioned uh, we did see the first round of Chiefs cuts mm-hmm. this morning, unfortunately, which now that's part of training camp. They needed to get down to 85 by Tuesday and the Chiefs, you know, start the practice week off. You don't want guys hanging around for a day knowing that they might get cut. So they already parted ways with several players. Yeah, and I, I think the big one here, and if there's any kind of surprise, and I would say it's a mild surprise, it's that Lonnie Johnson after the Chiefs sent a conditional future pick to, to get him, the veteran from the, the Texans. He, uh, he, he was cut, and Andy Reid kind of mentioned it was uh, a means to, to get him into another camp, give him an opportunity. But I think it also speaks to what the Chiefs feel that they have in some of these young cornerbacks. And Lonnie Johnson, I'm, I'm not sure he's a guy that's going to play a ton of special teams, so he really would have had to outshine some of these younger guys. But when you draft five, defensive backs it's a it's a tough room to break into especially if they show something in camp so to me uh the chiefs have not only seen what they had to out of a a trent mcduffie but also these depth guys like a joshua williams who's made waves or a jalen watson who took the podium today and these guys are confident uh and now we'll we'll see how that room kind of uh, goes with the rest of it i i in my second projection took lonnie johnson out and put chris lamont in who the chiefs really rely on special teams and i tend to think that's where they lean at the at the back end of that room. Yeah, we know Trent McDuffie is going to be a starter for this secondary, and we've seen all the training camp hype around Joshua Williams. The Chiefs seem really confident in his ability and his size and playmaking ability. And I think the big surprise is Jalen Watson here, who you know uh, uh, we've made such a big hype about rookie running back Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round pick, and. Jalen Watson himself is a seventh round pick, but the chiefs have been utilizing him all training camp. He's been getting plenty of reps in this defense. And it seems like he is playing himself into a role in that secondary potentially. Yeah. And I think what might've happened is like filtering down with this Johnson cut is just the idea that, that Rashad Fenton was hurt. And so the chiefs have the ability to mix and match 
at that cornerback position opposite what would be Trent McDuffie. Fenton's back now, so he reclaimed his spot, which I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss in a second. But in the meantime, it allowed the Chiefs to see, you know, is Joshua Williams capable in a, in a pinch? Is Jalen Watson capable in a pinch? And I, I think the answers there were yes. And so the writing was on the wall. Lonnie Johnson's a, a veteran player who I'm sure will catch on with another camp and once there is a need or an injury somewhere else. But I think they realized he's not going to make this team, so let's let's cut the 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 player and, and see what he can do elsewhere and, and lean into the youth. And part of that Lonnie Johnson move was to make room for new defensive tackle Danny Shelton, who was on the practice field on Monday for the Chiefs for the first time. Pete, Danny Shelton is a big boy. He is a big defensive tackle. He's got some beef to him, Steve. He reminded me, and this was a player that really never looked like anyone I saw after he departed from the team, but it reminded me of Dontari Poe in a sense. It might have even looked like a little bit bigger, and I think this is a player the Chiefs really like for his run-stuffing ability, and I'm starting to think, you know, when I I do do roster 3.0 after some of these cuts go by, that you might have to include Shelton, and what does that mean for a Colin Saunders or a Taylor Stallworth. So uh, look out for that. But I, I tend to think they brought him in for a reason. I, I think he's going to crack those 53. Yeah, I kind of tend to liken him to, you know, like a Jaron Reed who they had last season. And we know Derek Noddy is very capable and, and solid in that interior role. Whereas, you know, you want Chris Jones and guys like Turk Wharton to be free because they're more kind of pass rush interior defensive linemen. And Danny Shelton can step right in for Derek Nottie and just be that kind of gap filler hole clogger in the middle of that defensive line. We already saw a little bit of it today, and, and he's just a force. He's a he's a guy that takes up a lot of room. And so especially for those rundowns, I, I just think that, that naturally is going to help you. And look, I, I don't know if he deserved – the number 12 overall pick, but I think he can be an asset for this team. Uh, it's a veteran and someone who, uh, again, on these rundowns early uh, will be someone that's, that's tough to get by. And I think that's, that's what the chiefs like in him. Yeah. He is a thick boy, man. He is very big. thick. Some other good news. We did see Rashad Fenton and Jody Fortson uh, participate a little bit more in practice. Seemed like Fenton was uh, a full go today participating in right. team drills. And uh, it, it sounds like he's looking good and like he is locked in to that, uh, that other corner spot opposite a rookie Trent McDuffie. Yeah. R- Rashad Fenton was back to full go, uh, as you mentioned, and he is out in that outside cornerback position. What I thought that was interesting today was it, it seemed like Sneed and McDuffie were switching off uh, work in the slot. I know they had mentioned that they might work McDuffie in some different positions. So you wonder how this cornerback room shakes out when it comes to the, the nickel and dime and some of the other sub packages. But Rashad Fenton was back. He was engaged in practice. He actually was barking with Patrick Mahomes a little bit. It was a little bit grabby on Travis Kelsey at times. And Mahomes said, you've been holding the whole play. And Fenton was barking back, which, I, you know what? I think you like to see he's not really afraid to go off uh, on the face of the franchise. Uh, and this, these are competitive practices. So he got right back in the mix. When it came to Jody Fortson, we did see him in some team looks, but not really in the pass blocking stuff and some of the individual stuff. So I just think they're being a little bit choosy which, with Fortson, making sure that, that he's through the injury. We'll see how it progresses throughout the week. I know a lot of fans want to see him against the commanders on Saturday. And, you know, the Chiefs kind of need him to play, just considering Blake Bell right now dealing with that hip flexor issue. Yeah, I, I want to get into the injuries a little bit. You you mentioned Blake Bell and Andy Reid confirmed it is a hip flexor. Um, 
that's good news uh, considering that, you know, when he went down kind of a non-contact injury in a preseason game, you kind of fear the worst and, you know, hip flexor is not anything that's season ending, but they will work him back in slow. Harrison Butker also left practice today a, a little early and Andy Reid just said he had a sore ankle. Yeah, sore ankle. So Justin Reed took the kicks and was seven of nine, which is a good sign, especially <laughs> from a backup kicker who's a safety and also had the worst field goal I had ever seen last week. So, uh, that was a good sign, but certainly something to monitor. Harrison Butker is one of the more reliable kickers in the league. And, you know, this whole Justin Reed thing is fun, but he, he can't kick for you regularly. So we'll have to monitor what happens with, with Harrison Butker. And on the Blake Bell injury, and just a note from Andy Reid, and I thought this was sort of telling, and, and a more to your point is it looked like he left the game after what was a non-contact injury, but Andy Reid said he hurt his hip actually on the touchdown tried to stay in the game, and I, I guess what happened was it was too painful for him to stay in the game. So it wasn't really a non-contact injury. It was a contact injury, uh, but it, then he couldn't push through. So I think that that actually is a good thing. Uh, we'll see what happens with Bell, but for right now it does seem like some, there, there's going to be a recovery period here, and then he'll get back in the mix. Yeah, I hope he gets back on the field soon and hope that we see Jody Fortin uh, kind of take the steps to that full participation status. It's they might need to bring in another kicker if there's anything serious going on with Harrison Bucker, because you mentioned it. This Justin Reed stuff is fun. It's a funny camp note, but you cannot go into the regular season with Justin Reed being your emergency kicker. So if well, Bucker's really hurt, emer- he can be yeah, he can be an emergency kicker, but he just can't be the kicker. Right. So like that's that's the thing. I think it's a good asset to actually have. And Andy Reid was serious answering the question after the game. But yeah, I mean, he cannot go into your game as the only kicker. I think that would be a crazy thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we heard from Chiefs rookie running back uh, Isaiah Pacheco earlier today. And, you know, I was really impressed in, in the limited run that he got in the Chiefs' first preseason game against the Chicago Bears. I was really impressed that he got the looks with the first team offense on, on that first drive. That's not something I was necessarily expecting from a guy that. I kind of figured he would start the season as the running back three. Do, do you think that we are kind of seeing a glimpse of Pacheco taking that running back two role, or are we getting uh, a little ahead of ourselves? No, I think you're right on. I think the, the ceiling for him leaving camp here is, is RB2, and I think it's very possible that he's that guy. I think there's going to be different roles in this team. So if I'm projecting it right now, I think Clyde is your starter, and then you have what would be Isaiah Pacheco, and then – what happens with McKinnon is he becomes a little bit more of that change of pace, that task catching back. And so that's kind of how it's shaken out. I think the fact that Bell might be hurt means the Chiefs may keep another running back. If they do that, though, it's probably going to be Derek Gore. I think the Ronald Jones is on the outside looking in. And so uh, even if they were to keep four running backs, I think Ronald Jones has fallen that far uh, in the Chiefs' eyes. So that, that's kind of what I'm projecting uh, there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Derek Gore has a better chance of making the team at this point than Ronald Jones does. Uh, just, just based on what we've seen. And I, I know he wasn't good in the preseason game, but you know, you're saying he's playing with a third team offense, but it, it just doesn't seem like Ronald Jones is going to, is going to find a role uh, on this team this season, but still no. a talented player who could, who could wind up going uh, somewhere else here in the NFL. Uh, final thing for me, Pete, uh, I, I want to talk about the offensive line and it, it seems like Andrew Wiley is totally locked in to the starting right tackle along this offensive line. What, what have you seen from some of the other guys? Cause I know we had some hype around Darian Kennard, but it seems like he's a long ways off from actually challenging being a starter. And there's still been a little bit more of a rotation behind Andrew Wiley. 
Yeah, Prince Seguinego was taking the second team right tackle snaps at today's look. And I, I mentioned to him in previous weeks is maybe this dark horse right tackle candidate that could make things interesting. And we'll see if, if he becomes someone that they start mixing with the first team. We have not seen that yet. But I think he is someone to watch. This is someone the Chiefs have really liked for a long time. I think they do like Jaron Christian as what would be that swing tackle role. And so I, I think he's probably going to make this team. Darren Kennard, he was someone that on draft weekend and then after that, we we thought that, okay, there is a chance that he could start on day one. I, I think all hope of that has kind of been diffused a little bit here at training camp. He's He's been exploited at that position. I, I just wonder out loud if eventually a, a switch to guard would be in his future. I know that the Chiefs wanted to give him an opportunity to right tackle, but it just doesn't seem like it's clicking up here at training camp. So really does feel like Andrew Wiley's job to, to lose. I don't think Kennard's in that mix. I think if you're you're looking for other candidates, maybe Christian, and certainly I think Prince Tekuanogo may start to get some opportunities uh, as he gains strength. Remember, he started the camp on the PUP and has only been practicing for like a week now. But someone that they've been high on. Uh, if I'm if I'm telling you, and if you're asking me, okay, who's going to be the starting right tackle for the team week one? To me, it's it's Andrew Wiley uh, until someone comes out of the woodwork. There's a trade, et cetera, et cetera. I just think he's their best option right now. And we've seen plenty from Wiley in the past. He he can be a, a solid starting right tackle, and you know he's not elite or anything like that. And you would love to have somebody that you got a little bit more confidence in in that role, but you feel good about every other spot along the offensive line. So I, I don't think it's the worst case scenario or anything like that, that Andrew Wiley's locked into the starting right tackle position. No, no, it's, it's, it's all right. Right. I mean, you can't be elite necessarily at, at every single position along the offensive line. Andrew Wiley's not afraid to do the dirty work. He's now been focused on that position for over a year. And I think he's better for that. And, and again, I, if you're, I would consider the chiefs above average to elite, at left guard, at center, uh, at right guard, I would consider them above average, uh, maybe not elite, but at left tackle, even if you want to say slightly above average. And then if you have what is an average to maybe slightly above average right tackle and Andrew Wiley, I think you're you're looking at one of the better lines in the, uh, in, in the National Football League. It's not like everyone or there's other teams out there that have elite guys at every position. you got to have your strengths. you got to have your weaknesses. And Andy Reid does a good job of building the offense around those. Yeah, I've still got quite a bit of confidence in this offensive line because they're so they're so solid at all the other positions. But he's Pete Sweeney. You can follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. Make sure you're on the lookout for his training camp notebooks. Those drop every single day at arrowheadpride.com. If you want to listen to the Chiefs press conferences in their entirety, you can do so now on From the Podium at the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. That is available for you on Apple and Spotify. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow for day 15 of Chiefs training camp.